this series of readings and reflections, highlighting books on yoga and Advaita philosophy, comes from the Self-Revelation Church of Absolute Monism. I am Srimati Karuna, the minister of this church. In Swami Kamalananda, Srimati Kamala's book, Mahatma Gandhi, An American Profile, she includes a chapter on Gandhi and the American Indian. Please listen to this excerpt, entitled Followers of the Eternal Way. Kamlaji writes, As a Hindu, Gandhi called himself a follower of the ancient ideal of Sanatan Dharma. Dharma refers to the cosmic principle or law. Sanatan designates that reality as eternal, abiding and sustaining. Believing in the essential oneness of all life, in the eternal dharma, one aspires to center and to harmonize his life in that indwelling supreme life, intelligence, love. The American Indian distinguished himself by the same persistent characteristic perception of himself and of his relation to the universe around him. He centered his life in the natural world, committed to its spiritual bonds for his self-awareness, ethics, joys, and aesthetics, as well as for his religious practices. He centered his life in the natural world, committed to its spiritual bonds for his self-awareness, ethics, joys, and aesthetics, as well as for his religious practices. Religious rites varied among the tribes, but the purpose remained the same as that of the Hindu, as seeking for an infusion of the divine power through the medium of the natural world of universal forces. It is this deep feeling for the world of the spirit, articulated through daily expressions, that the Native American Indian shares with the Oriental. I have shared the soul-stirring devotions at dawn along the Ganges River at Varanasi in India, she wrote, when thousands of devout Hindus bow to the dawn, addressing the processes and powers of creation as kin, a ritual as old as the Vedic age, whose message emerges from the Mandukya Upanishad. The soul of man is of identical nature with the God of the universe. Usha, the dawn, lifts her gaze over the horizon and illumines the world of man with her embrace of living light. The devotee enters the river to bathe with the prayer that the holy stream of life may purify and bless him, with the realization that the same divine power links life within and without. Gandhi, too, was nourished by the daily purification of body and mind by the indwelling spirit. This quotation from Gandhi. Just as this physical purification is necessary for the health of the body, even so spiritual purification is necessary for the health of the soul. Far more indispensable than food for the physical body is nourishment for the soul. One can do without food for a considerable time, but a man of the spirit cannot exist for a single second without spiritual nourishment. 
Compare that bhav, that state of consciousness, persisting for millenniums through India's spiritual heritage to the manner of worship described by Ohiesa, Santi Dakota physician and author, in 1911. In the life of the Indian, there was only one inevitable duty, the duty of prayer, the daily recognition of the unseen and eternal. His daily devotions were more necessary to him than daily food. He wakes at daybreak, puts on his moccasins, and steps down to the water's edge. Here he throws handfuls of clear cold water into his face or plunges in bodily. After the bath, he stands erect before the advancing dawn, facing the sun as it dances upon the horizon, and offers unspoken orison. His mate may proceed or follow him in his devotions, but never accompanies him. Each soul must meet the morning sun, the new sweet earth, and the great silence, alone. Kamlaji also writes, Gandhi's views of the responsibility of man to live morally and in harmony with God's nature are basic to his philosophy of Ahimsa and the teaching of the ancients in India, a reverence for the life of all beings. Gandhi was surrounded by religious lore and experience which awakened in him deep reverence for the nonviolent life. Gandhi felt that the more helpless a creature, the more entitled it is to protection by man from the cruelty of man. To one believing in a natural order of the world, our well-being is related to the order around us. In Hinduism, this harmony with the purpose of the cosmic spirit is called rita, meaning rightness, order, and balance. Gandhi respected the powers of nature for purification and based his ideas about health on conviction that disease can be prevented or cured, if one lives naturally in harmony with the nature's forces. The American Indian's reverence for nature, with a deep feeling for the world of the spirit, is his greatest legacy to our life. What Western culture will one day relearn from him is the synergetic relatedness of life, that is, that the experience of the whole is greater than the sum of its components, and that the experience of the whole comes not from accumulation of its components, but from awareness of kinship in the integral whole. Native American wisdom says, We are many selves looking at each other through the same eye with different lenses. Where the spiritual and commonplace is perceived as one, the world becomes a multitude of symbols, its images leading to endless revelations. Though inclined to almost austere simplicity in his possessions and surroundings, Gandhi found meaning in symbols, and his ideas about art and beauty respected natural order. Gandhiji said, my room may have blank walls, and I may even dispense with the roof, so I may gaze out upon the starry heavens overhead that stretch in an unending expanse of beauty. What conscious art of man can give me the panoramic scenes that open out before me when I look up to the sky above with all its shining stars? This, however, does not mean I refuse to accept the value of productions of art, 
but only that I personally feel how inadequate these are compared with the eternal symbols of beauty in nature. Prayer was central in the daily life of Mahatma Gandhi. For the congregational morning and evening prayers at his ashrams, there were no images of any kind, only the eternally renewed temple of worship under the vast blue canopy, inviting every one of us to real worship. Gandhi would speak of the healing and mothering power of the earth and of the feeling of being close to its soil, which according to Ayurvedic medicine and faith is strengthening, cleansing, and healing. Chief Standing Bear speaks of the Lakota, the tribal name of the western bands of Plains people, now known as the Sioux, as worshippers on earth's lap. The old Indian, he said, still sits upon the earth instead of propping himself up and away from its life-giving forces. For him to sit or lie upon the ground is to be able to think more deeply and to feel more keenly. He can see more clearly into the mysteries of life and come closer in kinship to other lives about him. Time to the Indian was not the linear or sequential arrangements Westerners conceive of, but a sense of expanded present. Accordingly, most did not think of progress or growth in their life as a sequence of goals leading to a finality. Such thinking of a full life in terms of linear time makes us feel that a death which occurs in youth is a deprivation of a part of life that is ahead of one or due to one, or that life is only complete or fair if lived through sequential stages to old age. When time is viewed as expanded present, life can only become fuller by measure of its character at any given place or moment, not by what lies ahead or behind. Growth, then, is awareness, not an accumulation of experiences. Is this not the true meaning of the Isha Upanishad wherein is stated, man must desire to live the full measure of his life, but he must do so with the remembrance of the self? As we look to the wisdom of the Native American Indian and the ideal and philosophy of Mahatma Gandhi, we begin to realize the great eternal truth within the ideal, the universal ideal of Advaita, of that absolute oneness of life. We look to these expressions of realization, of the oneness of life, of God, nature, and humanity. This wonderful publication of Mahatma Gandhi, an American profile, I encourage for your reading and study. This and all other publications of the Self-Revelation Church of Absolute Monism are available through our website. I encourage your interest and pursuit of study reading, and reflection.